Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Buckswire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Buckswire editor, Luke Easterling. All right, Luke, I think the line is that it's just been a long time coming, and you wrote that on the Buckswire. Just a long time coming. The Bucks finally officially clinched that first playoff berth since 2007. They looked real good doing it against the Lions, Tom Brady, and the offense. Put on a clinic. It all makes for a pretty good little holiday weekend, doesn't it? That was it for you. Oh, it was beautiful, man. Uh, again, the, you know, people will make all the excuses they want about, you know, how how bad the Lions have been and, and what a tough spot they were put in because of the, the lack of the coaches and the, and the COVID situation. Obviously, you know, all that comes together, but you still got to go out and win the game. You know, this is still the NFL, and, and Bucks fans in particular know all too well that this team loves to play down to the competition, loves to – uh, in past years, you know, despite all of the things kind of being stacked in their favor, really disappoint uh, and go out there and find a way to make it difficult when it doesn't need to be. Um, so, you know, the, it's just another moment we had from this team this year that proves that it's not the same team. These are definitely a, a, a new breed of, of Bucks team. Uh, and they proved that by just, just taking the Lions to the woodshed, which is what you're supposed to do. Again, it, it, it's one thing to say it. But you got to go out and execute. They absolutely did that. And uh, again, I'm, not, I'm sure I was not the only lifelong uh, Buck person uh, who has been invested in this team their entire life that, that had a blast. I mean, that was the most dominant first half of football that this franchise has ever played in their entire 40-something year history. So it was a blast. I loved it. My wife, I, I opened up my presents on Friday and I get a Tom Brady, a TB12, I should say, a TB12 sweatshirt, nice black TB12 sweatshirt with a matching hat and TB12 face masks, Luke. So there was a TB12 theme. And then I watched Tom Brady just play like just flawless football, just dominate the Lions in that first half, just like he did in the second half against the Falcons. And I want to talk about that. And I have some Brady stuff coming up. But now I'm sad, Luke. I'm emotional after watching Brady and he's going to the playoffs with the Bucks. He's doing it. And then watching the Patriots this past Monday night, because you know I'm out here in New Hampshire, and I'm a little emotional today. I, I, I miss TV 12 so I'm pulling for the Bucks hard, man. I'm pulling for the Bucks hard, but I don't want you to comment on that. That's just me spilling my misery. But what I do want you to comment on is a recent post you put on Bucks Wire that I thought was awesome, and I think a lot of Bucks fans do uh, as well, talking about Mike Evans, Levante David, and William Golston having played 359 games for the Bucks. None of them playoff games. They're finally going to go to a freaking playoff game. Finally. And this is exactly why the Bucks went out and got TB12. You know, this is why they made all those other free agent signings that have proven to help the team here as we've gone along. LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown go down the list. They're all helping the team. And, and this is why, right? I mean, to have this moment, to have that little celebration in the locker room. I thought that was a cool post. So before we get to some of our Brady stuff, why don't you talk about that story a little bit? That's That's got to be cool to see. 
It is, man. And especially, again, having been in that locker room, you know, at, at different points throughout the, the, the last few years and, and just seeing those guys that are still with the team. Again, there's some guys that you kind of wish were still around. Uh, earlier in the offseason, I wrote a post about DeMar Dotson in particular, a guy that at the time was their longest tenured player. He had been there for 11 years, man, and, and hadn't gone to the playoffs. And I wrote about this happening. I was like, I wrote about, I was like, the Bucks do really turn this around this year. If they end up going and making a playoff run and a Super Bowl run, you know, Dotson deserved to be there for that. And obviously he's not there. Gerald McCoy is another guy um, that, you know, has been gone for a, a little over a year, played in Carolina, was in Dallas before he got hurt and missed the, this whole season. But for the guys that are still here and those three that, that I wrote about in that article, you can just, you know, we got to speak with all of them after that game and you can tell, man, you can tell how much it means to these guys. And, and I, I go back to a moment that I've mentioned on this show before, uh, right after the giants game last year, uh, you know, when Mike Evans had gone off, he had, you know, I think 200 yards and three touchdowns. He had three touchdowns in the first half in that game Had made a big catch down the field to kind of set up what should have been the game winning field goal bucks miss a chip shot and they lose that game. You know, and I asked Mike after the game about, you know, what's it like to continue to produce on a, on a personal level, but have it not matter, you know, have it not mean anything. And just to, to, the difference between his emotions and his body language and, and just the energy coming from him in that moment and knowing that no matter what he does, it felt like it didn't matter that because the team just just couldn't win games uh, no matter how hard they tried in certain situations. So for, for a guy like him in particular, and again, somebody who's been so instrumental and active in the Tampa Bay community since he's been here, Levante's been here since 2012, Golston in, in 13, guys that have gone through multiple head coaches, you know, m- multiple regime changes and so many different things, multiple uniform changes. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, no doubt, so no long. doubt. So, you know, it's just when that weight is finally lifted and yes, they've got, you know, business to take care of and they were all very clear about the fact that that's you know that's just the beginning they've got much bigger goals in mind than just getting to the dance but but it means something it does matter and and i love the fact that those guys in particular are finally able to experience that that's a beautiful thing and uh, so i mentioned some brady stuff so when you when you look back so that they had that ugly first half against the falcons a couple weeks ago right luke down 17 nothing they come out in the second half they just play basically they pitch a perfect game brady in the offense and the defense everybody they just kind of pitch a perfect game come back and beat the falcons and then they were even better against the lions in this first half so good that brady's wearing a ball cap to start the third quarter which is unbelievable right i was thinking to myself i'm like what is brady's numbers in the last four quarters so i did a little tally 43 of 56 668 yards, six <laughs> touchdowns, and no interceptions in the last four quarters, Luke. That is ridiculous. It is, man. I just wrote that up uh, a little bit ago, actually. We're, we're recording this on a Tuesday. I just wrote that, that he's the first guy in 40 years to throw for over 600 yards in a full four quarters, no matter when they were played. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, but I mean, come on, man. I mean, he's he's nominated for the FedEx Air Player of the Player of the Week award. He, he played for two quarters. I mean... It's just what can you say about the guy? It just it it brings me back to and anytime I write about anything like this, you know, I wrote a couple of days ago about you know just the the playoff berth being just the latest example of why the Bucks' decision to not bring back Jameis Winston after five seasons to 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 let go their all time leader in every major passing category, a guy that continued to put put up tons of good numbers, lots of lots of yards, lots of touchdowns. Uh, but just too many turnovers, and, and and for them to to boldly go and say, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna continue to do this. We think we can get Tom Brady. We're gonna make that that run, and it worked. And then after the fact, to have all the people come out and say, hey, he's forty three. 
He's not going to have Bill. He's not going to have Josh McDaniels. He's going to have to learn a new offense. He's going to have to do all of these things at this point in his career. He only threw 24 touchdowns last year. He's obviously, you know, people thought he was losing a step. He can't throw the deep ball anymore. All of these doubts about whether or not the Bucks made the right decision, about whether or not Brady could live up to the hype. And every time something like this happens, I just bring everybody back to that moment and I say, this is why. This is why they made that decision. Because, and I know we're going to get to this in, in, in a little bit, but it's it's the turnovers, man. It's the, it's the championship experience. It's the playoff experience. It's coming out of a bye week, coming out of off of two losses back-to-back, their first losing streak of the year, and you need to win basically all four of your games to make sure you have a playoff spot. They've won three in a row. They haven't turned the ball over. That is the difference. That is the Tom Brady effect. That is why they made that decision, and that's why they're going to the playoffs. So... You know, there's so many, so many levels to this, and so many, so many reasons why Brady is so legendary and why he was the right call for this team. But man, to watch what he's doing at his age, he's he ranks fourth in the NFL in both passing yards and passing touchdowns this season. Um, it's just, it's so funny to go back to that and see how many people thought they made the wrong decision by letting Jameis Winston walk and going with Brady instead. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think that's been proven wrong. So yeah, so we got we got more stats that we can get to here coming up next on. Brady's impact and just what he does in December. I've been, I watched it for two decades here in New England, and Tom Brady's now doing it with Tampa Bay. He's doing what he always does. I, I'm wondering, if, is Bill Belichick missing Tom, or is Tom missing Bill? Hmm, that's a tough one. Well, after that Monday night game against the Bills, I'm not sure, Luke. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But So I want to get to some stuff on that. And also, what is Bruce Arians lying to us about now? That is coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for Week 17 of the fantasy football season. This week, I'm not crazy about any of the quarterback plays. I usually recommend fringe options rather than the obvious, and none of the guys jump out as somebody I'm really willing to get behind. So instead, you'll get a two-pack of wide receivers this week. Green Bay Packers running back A.J. Dillon at the Chicago Bears. May seem like a no-brainer after he ripped off 124 yards and two scores in Week 16, but the Boston College rookie could have a bigger workload again this week. Running back Jamal Williams had a quadriceps injury, and he was out last week. And it really doesn't make a lot of sense to rush him, especially if they want him back for the playoff push. The big body Dylan is an ideal asset in cold weather in late season football. And starting running back Aaron Jones is banged up as well. Chicago has given up four rushing touchdowns in the last five games. Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Zach Pascal. In consecutive games, Pascal has had at least 64 yards and one or more touchdowns. He has six targets apiece in those games. The resurgence of wide receiver T.Y. Hilton has helped tremendously. Something else that will help? Facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's more or less a modern miracle that the Chicago Bears didn't find the end zone last week. In the prior six games, wide receivers have scored nine times through the air and nine different times a wide receivers produced at least 15.8 PPR points in that window. Washington football team wide receiver Terry McLaurin is looking unlikely to play again, which would thrust wide receiver Cam Sims into a prominent role. With all the chips at stake, it's hard to imagine Riverboat Ron Rivera wouldn't gamble on seeing what he has in Alex Smith even if he's less than 100%, considering Taylor Heineke is the only other option. Philadelphia has been atrocious against wide receivers 
Astros in 2020, and the position has racked up five performance of at least 121 yards in the last six outing. Nine touchdowns later, Philadelphia gives Sims a favorable opponent for utilizing his six foot five frame. Kansas City Chiefs tight end Nick Kaiser against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chiefs are going to rest all of their prominent starters, which means tight end Travis Kelsey won't play much, if at all. That leaves Kaiser to exploit a tremendous matchup. Five players have at least 11.2 PPR points in the last nine games against the Chargers, and six of the ten touchdowns allowed have come in the past nine games. For more award-winning content from TheHuddle.com, be sure to check out the website throughout the offseason as we get you prepared for Fantasy Football 2021. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. No, we're going we're gonna to play to win. You know, uh, once uh, 11 and 5, is, is, that's very rare. And uh, to have a chance to get to 11 and 5, uh, keep that seating. We want that seating just for just for pride, not for who we care we play. That's more for pride. And, uh, you know, I probably had to beat some guys in the head with a stick to try to get them not to play anyway because I talked to them about it before and everything. I'm playing. And uh, so it's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to practice and play like this. Everything depends on it. Bruce is a character, Luke. There's no doubt about it. Bruce is a freaking character. What is he lying to us about now? Well, he's lying to us because, of course, you're going to go all out, try to beat the Falcons this week and get the number five seed because you want to play the number four seed, which is going to be that NFC East champion. So there's no way that the Bucks are going to go out there and rest their starters and not go all out and risk dropping down to the sixth seed or, or worse and have to play Seattle or New Orleans or whatever it might be. So... Bruce is lying to us. He definitely cares who the opponent is. We've been talking about it all year. They definitely want to be the five seed, and they want to play that number four seed, that NFC East champ, Luke. So uh, once again, this is our – we can make this a weekly segment. What is Bruce lying to us about now? He's lying about not caring about his opponent. He definitely cares. Well, obviously, and and listen, this is a false dilemma, right? It's all of it. It's all the above. Totally. It's not an either-or situation. Obviously, you want to win for pride. It's a division rival game. Go back to last year. Last year, it was week 17 at home against Atlanta. You had, you know, uh, a losing season on the line. You couldn't make the playoffs, but the Bucks could have gone 8-8 eight and eight if they won that game. They go to overtime. They lose on a pick six from Jameis Winston in overtime on the first play. Boy, was that a fun press box to be in, by the way. Uh, you know, just the feeling of knowing exactly what was about to happen, and then when it happened, still being in complete disbelief at what you just witnessed was sure. this, an incredible feeling. Yep. Great human experience. But, you know, to to... to Yes, it's for pride. Yes, you want to beat a division rival. Yes, this team has been playing football for 46 years and has only won 11 games three times. Three 11-win seasons in almost 50 years. So, yes, there are other things that matter, but you're telling me that you wouldn't rather put it together an all-star team from the NFC East and prefer to play them as opposed to going in January to play in Seattle, to play in New Orleans, a team that's beat you handily twice, to go play in Green Bay in the snow, or to go uh, and play any of those teams in at this point in the season, as opposed to going to either Washington or Dallas, if that happens, uh, or to, to face the Giants again, a team you beat. They played them tough, but again, they beat them. Come on. 
Yeah. Come on, man. Bruce told us last year that he took a five-year penalty on purpose to make a kick easier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, yeah. once that happens, all bets are off, right? No, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, the Bucks are turning it on here in December. Meanwhile, the Rams and the Bears and some of these teams that are behind them, they're all the Bucks have to do is win, and they're the number five seed. We could talk about that a little bit more. But, yeah, Bruce, come on. Give us a break. There's there's no way you, you're not trying to get the number five seed so you can play that NFC East champion. I just thought that was hilarious. And we were talking a little bit about Brady's impact. We've been talking about it throughout the season. But I think it's really starting to come to a forefront here in December. And I just went back. You remember that episode we did? Was it the Bears game where the Bucks just, like, had a million penalties? Where they just, yeah. it, you know, that yeah, was the game was. where Brady had the on-field meltdown. He was yelling at the offensive lineman. Forgot what down it was. It, oh yeah, and he forgot what down it was, and it was just like after that game, we're like, oh my god, what's going on with Brady? What's going on with the Bucks? Of course, right? But last year the Bucks were they led the league in penalties, I believe. This year they're now in the bottom ten. They're not killing themselves with penalties like they did last year. I think that's a big plus, and I think that's a little bit of a Tom impact, not completely, but a little bit. You talked about it. Brady has not thrown an interception in the entire month of December. This dude just plays different ball after Thanksgiving. That's what he's done his entire career. Now you're seeing, like, the Tom Terminator. And this is what he does. He turns into Terminator Tom in December, and he's balling out right now. And Bucks fans just sit back and enjoy it. And the deep ball, right? That's been the big knock on Brady and the, the thing that we've talked about. Bruce wanting the deep ball. Tom wanting to throw that short, quick passing game and them kind of butting heads. And we're not sure if they're on the same page. Well, with the deep ball... Against the Lions, let's just call it the Lions here. Brady, 6-for-8 on throws past 20 yards. That's 174 yards, three touchdowns, and a near-perfect quarterback rating in two quarters, Luke, throwing it down the field. So it all feels like – I don't want to get – you know, I don't want to – all unicorns and rainbows here. But it all seems like it's coming together at the right time. That's what you. That's all you can hope for. It is all you can hope for. And obviously, the you know, the people on the other side of that coin will say, hey, look who they played, right? You know, you played a – a Vikings team that's kind of spiraled since you beat them. You beat, you know, the Falcons who have struggled with letting people back in games all year. That's kind of become their punchline, right? And then you get Falconing. the Lions, who, again, are the most shorthanded team anybody's faced all year in any game. But you can only play who's in front of you, man. And and who's to say that this stretch isn't exactly what the Bucks needed to work out some of those kinks, and, and particularly on the offense, and, and just get some rhythm, get to – you know, a lot of the throws, especially the deep ones that Brady made on Sunday, were the kind of throws that that they were struggling with against New Orleans in Week One, against Green, you know, Chicago in Week Five. You know, those plays that where they just felt like they weren't on the same page. So maybe sometimes you have to play, you know, a cupcake D two team to get things back, you know, to where you feel confident and I agree, hundred percent, what yes. you're doing, yes, you know. So so it's it's not just to say, oh, well, they beat a bad team, so that means they. They won't be better against, you know, should they have to face the Saints again? Will they be more competitive? Those things can have a positive impact, even if you play a bad team. And I think building that confidence through December in particular, and I I think that is a a big reason why maybe it's not about pride as much as it is. The Bucs need to win this game on Sunday because you need to keep that going. It it would be extremely deflating, I feel like, to this team to go 3-0 in December and then lose this game right before you go into the playoffs and kind of wonder, hey, where are we at? You want to keep this train moving. And I think no matter who you're playing, again, the NFL is the NFL. Everybody's getting paid a lot of money to do this. Even the worst team in the NFL would destroy the best team in college every year. There's no debate about that. So 
these guys are still professionals, and a win is a win. And I think it's it's very very important for them to keep this going. Yeah, look about look at the freaking Jets. They've won back to back games, and you know one of them was against back to back games yeah. against against potential playoff teams. Yes. Really good yes. teams. Yeah, against the Rams and the Browns, and the Bengals knocked off the Steelers. So, and you know the the Falcons were up seventeen nothing on the Bucks in the first half. So this is the NFL, and I don't I don't put too much stock into that thing. Who you're playing? Like you got to go. It's it's about execution, right? You just got to go out there and execute. The Bucks are doing that better than they were before. And another hot take that we can now say it's now officially a myth is Gronk being finished, right? The dude's got seven touchdowns behind only Mike Evans on the team, Luke. He's, he's having himself a season. He's become a real threat. He has, and I think, again, I, well, you and I, I think, talked about this earlier in the season. Definitely, yeah. When he was kind of when he was kind of struggling to be a part of the offense. He wasn't really struggling with his performance as much. He was a he blocking tight end, right? Yeah, he was a blocking, yeah, he was tight, a blocking end. tight end. That was the punchline, right? That was the joke. But, but as he has become a bigger part of this offense, it's not necessarily a ton of targets, but it's, it's boy, is he making the most of them because that's what happens when you have – if you're a defense and you're telling me I have to go line up against Mike Evans – Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown now, even with O.J. Howard out of the lineup, Cameron Brate's one of the better tight ends in the league in terms of being a possession receiver, and, and he's your number two. And you have Gronk to deal with, and you have Tom Brady who's throwing the ball to all of those guys. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't have enough to neutralize all of those weapons. So at any given moment, somebody's going to be the open guy. And when I get the matchups I want, Sunday, you know, Saturday was a perfect example when you had Gronk had two catches for 56 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, like he's making the most of his opportunities and it's just proving again that he is still able to be a dominant force as a receiver. He just doesn't have to get 10, 12 targets to do it. Uh, and, and again, when you, when you make the most of your opportunities like that, He's he's still he's still growing, man. He's still making it happen. Yeah, it's been pretty fun to watch. So, unlike what Bruce said, don't listen to Bruce. He's lying to you. They want to be the five seed. They want to play the winner of the NFC East. And the NFL has set it up, Luke, so we get to watch Giants-Cowboys early and then Washington football team, Philadelphia Eagles late to see exactly how it shakes out and who ends up winning. It could be one of three teams. People who have been listening to the podcast throughout the season probably know where I'm going with this, but I know a team you, you want to root against. There's one team you don't want to face. There's one team I don't want to face, at least, knowing, knowing Brady's history, having watched Brady for two decades. We'll talk about that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Flippin' Podcast, joined as always by Jeff Clark, here to break down everything you need to know to bet on the Week 17 Sunday night football game between the Washington football team and Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are one-and-a-half-point home underdogs. They're eliminated from the playoffs. Washington come in one-and-a-half-point favorite. They're looking for a win to secure an NFC East title and a playoff berth. But Jeff, I got to go with the Eagles. I like what we've seen from J1 Hurts. We got quarterback issues in Washington, a lot of other issues as well. J1 Hurts can improve that Eagles team from that loss they took against Washington week one. Yeah, as much as I like to disagree with you, I can here. I'm also on the Eagles plus one and a half. Their team's trending up despite a disappointing 2020 season. Now they turn the keys of the offense over to Jalen Hurts. And you know what they say, misery likes company. 
Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have been miserable for most of this year since being eliminated from playoff contention. Now they get the end Washington season. I think that's motivation enough for them to come and rain on Washington's possible parade on Sunday night football. So give me the Eagles plus one and a half. You can get Philadelphia plus 100 on the money line as well for a little better value. Go ahead and parlay that with the under 42 and a half minus 105 odds there. So be a low scoring game won by the Eagles. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this is my kind of math, Luke. The Tampa Bay Bucks, if they just win, they're the number five seed. That's simple math for you me. Don't, I, you you know. don't want to need help. Yeah, you exactly. You don't want to need help yeah, this no, time of year. No help, so a win gets in the five seed, and then they play, of course, the winner of the NFC East thing. For me, if I'm Bucks fans, I'm rooting for the Cowboys. I'm rooting for the Cowboys. I do not want to see the Giants. The Giants, for some reason, are Tom Brady's kryptonite. Now, for the Giants to get in, they would have to beat the Cowboys and then have the football team lose to Philadelphia. So a lot has to happen for the Giants to get in. And if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm rooting for that to happen. I, I don't want that to happen, I should say. No Giants. Giants need to go away. For some reason, when Brady plays the Giants, weird things happen. And right now, there's some positive juju for the Bucks. Uh, Luke, and I, I don't want any negative juju. And the Bucks having to play the Giants in New York, Tom Brady, the Giants, that whole thing, that would be some bad juju. I think being the number five seed is just a good spot to be. It's fine. It's perfect. It's probably, probably as good a spot to be as the only thing better would be number one. Number one or number five. So the Bucks could have a nice spot here. All they got to do is beat the Falcons again, but you don't want it to be the Giants. That's just my opinion, Luke. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think there's a big reason why from a strategic perspective, Washington actually worries me for some of the same reasons uh, that the Giants would, just true, because if true. you go back to look at that Bucks giants game on Monday night and look at really any time the Bucks have struggled, go back to that Chicago game that we talked about. It's when they face really, really good defensive fronts that can, that can stop the run and they can get after Brady um, either with elite pass rushers or, or good blitzing and, and scheming. So when you look at both the giants and the way they were able to, to, play the Bucks really tough and really close and, and lose a close game there. And when you look at the, the, the way Washington has played up front with the defensive front they have, the, the draft picks that they've invested in that front, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne in, in the interior, you got Chase Young. This year's number two pick, you got Montez Sweat, who they traded up for in the first round a couple of years ago. That defensive front is nasty, man, and that is not something that I think if I were the Bucks and I had to pick, they would not be one of my favorites because of that defensive front. And when you bring up Dallas, obviously they're kind of the long shot in this situation. Philly's out of it, but but Dallas is the long shot. I think that's the, obviously the best matchup, not only because you're going to Dallas in January and playing inside, basically, instead of going to Washington, instead of going to New York, uh, or New Jersey, rather. Um, but you're you're playing against a team that, you know, their biggest question mark is at quarterback, which, again, you could you could make the argument that the other teams are too. But, you know, you've got some good – you had some really good wide receivers, but you have a very banged-up very much struggling offensive line in Dallas and you have a terrible defense, a terrible defense in a lot of ways. So yeah, you want the Cowboys. Give, I agree. You want, you the, want Cowboys. the Cowboys, man. You want to play in, in that stadium at that point in the year. You want to face that defense with an offense that is coming together at the right time. Uh, and you want to unleash that defensive front, those pass rushers, Shaq Barrett, 
you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, Devin White, who all have at least eight and a half sacks this season, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it is. All three of those guys could end up with double digits. This is a team that went over a decade without double digit sacks from anybody, by the way, between Simeon Rice, I think in 05, and uh, I believe Shag Barrett last year when he led the league. So, you know, that is the matchup that I think would be fantastic. Not to mention, selfishly, as a longtime Bucks fan, it would be hilarious to just <laughs> demolish the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas on national television in the playoffs because you know Cowboys fans would be all about it if they win the division at the last minute and be like, hey, we can do this. We're back. We're making it happen. And then to have Tom Brady just absolutely wax them on their home field would be hilarious to me. It's just a selfish wish on my part. But, you know, there's talent there for sure. Like I said, Ezekiel Elliott, still one of the best backs in the league. Those receivers are nasty, man. CD awesome. Lamb is going to be a star. Awesome. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup proved how good he still is as their number three really right now. Yeah, Gallup's um, the one we all, but, we all forget about. Then he goes out and gets a couple touchdowns. You know, he's just, yeah, he's been doing it all year. Absolutely, man. That, that trio is solid. I know the Bucks have one of the better ones too, but, but I, I'd put them up against Dallas in, in that category. That's how good I think those guys can be. But after that, man, everything would point to a, a very nice matchup for the Bucks. That'd be a fun one, and then you never know. You you get the five seed. Obviously, you're trying to get the five seed. You're, pull, you're pulling for upsets, right? Yeah, you're yeah. You, for upsets you, so all we need to do is we got to get a we got to get a little parlay, Luke. That's what it is, right? Cowboys, Bucks, and Philly. That's what we need. Cowboys, Bucks, and Philly. Type it into your machine. I don't know what the odds are. Probably not great, but that's what we need. That's what we need as a Bucks fan. And then you know you win that game, and you might go to Green Bay where. We all know that the Bucks can match up with Green Bay. So, uh, but you know, a lot to shake out here in Week 17. It'll be fun to see who ends up as that number one seed in the NFC and who wins the NFC East. So, I'm looking forward to it. Bucks are a six and a half point favorite right now at home. My app says against these Falcons, Luke. My gut instinct is to hop on this line six and a half. You're on the right side of that magic number of seven. So, I could see the Bucks winning this game by seven. I would, I would lean Bucks in that. But what do you think? I, I would absolutely lean on that. I think this is a double-digit win for the Bucks. And think about something also. There is a huge logjam at the top of the draft order right now. You have the Jags and the Jets at one and two. Those spots are locked in. Ooh, take a thought talk. Got, I like this. Go ahead, go ahead. You've got quite a few teams in that four-win category. You've got right now – Miami is set to get that Houston pick, which is at number three right now, which is just hilarious if you're a Dolphins fan. They're killing um, it, man. They're doing but Atlanta's well. number four. Atlanta's in the fourth spot right now, four and eleven. But you got Cincy and Philly, who are both four ten and one with the tie. And then you got a lot of five and ten teams that could change. So if Atlanta wins this game, this is similar to what Atlanta did last year. Atlanta had a top five pick, and I think they dropped all the way to like nine or something because they won that game against the Bucks that, that was meaningless for both teams basically and dropped them way down the draft order and that's that similar situation could happen again this year because you have what four teams that are five and ten a couple of teams that are four ten and one two teams that are four and eleven which the falcons are so depending upon who else loses the falcons could go from having a top four pick to having barely a top 10 pick and in a year when maybe it's time to start thinking about life after matt ryan i know his cap number makes him you know getting rid of him very prohibitive over the next two years but you know, now's the time. If you're, you're hoping not to pick that high for a while, now is the time, right? And if you look at Jacksonville and they take Trevor Lawrence and the Jets and Dolphins might not take a quarterback. The Dolphins are obviously aren't, but at the Jets, if they can't have Trevor Lawrence, do they rebuild around Sam Darnold? Do they take an offensive tackle? If you get the number four pick, you could still end up with the second best quarterback in that draft. You're Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, that type of thing. If you drop to nine, you might miss out on both of those guys. So, 
I'm not saying there's a tank in here. I'm just <laughs> saying there's a there's there's benefits to both teams for the Bucks to win this game on Sunday. So I, I'm just pointing that out. I, I think that it could be still close in in the first half. Don't think it'll be a 17 nothing Falcons game at halftime. But I think the Bucks are are, are going to flex their muscles a little bit in this game and kind of make a statement. Uh, I definitely feel comfortable with them winning this game by double digits. No, I love that. Let me translate that you that for you, Luke. The uh, the Bucks want to win and the Falcons want to lose, so that's why you should bet on the uh, that's why you should bet on the Bucks. Uh, that's just a little translation right there uh, for the folks. And, you Thank know, you for yeah. simplifying. It. <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't want to put it. You know, obviously all the Falcons players want to win. I get yes, that, but yes. man, there's there's just an energy about it, man. Yeah. When, Maybe when, the GM when you can go out and, and help you out your situation. Go out and go out and take one for the team, man. Help your, uh, help your think, team get a top five pick. I think it's a tremendous point. I think it's great. I was even thinking Tankathon, but I pulled it up and I got excited. You're right. Atlanta's sitting here right on the number four spot. They can help themselves with a the loss, and the Bucks would appreciate it as well because they get to that, that number five seed, which is where we want them. So it's all good, my man. So, hey, the plan the plan for the Bucks Wire podcast going forward is we're just going to keep showing up each week while the team's alive, Luke, right? So we're just going to keep going. This, this, and, is a, this is a win and we're in podcast, right? Yes, here. yes, sir. So we're, we're now officially in the playoffs. Uh, so we'll be back next week, and, and as the Bucks continue to win, we're just going to continue to do shows, and we'll do a wrap-up show when they lose, and that's that's kind of the plan going forward. Sound good to you? Sounds great, man. Let's do it. All right. I appreciate it, and uh, hey, Luke, happy New Year. Same to you, man. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.